the Fade the Noise podcast with Brad Evans and Nate Lundy. Place your bets. Brad, the big noise, Evans here, joined by the good sir, Nathaniel Lundy. This is the Fade the Noise podcast. And uh, among many of the swift kicks that I absorbed uh, to the nether regions last night, Lundy, uh, probably the worst was uh, one of my featured bets that I wrote about on, on BallySports.com, and that was Indiana minus three. And the Hoosiers are cruising, uh, you know, late in the second half. I think they're going to slam the door, put this uh, bastard to bed against Wisconsin. Uh, and then they folded like a house of cards. And, and a lot of it had to do with the fact that not only Brad Davison hitting some huge shots down the stretch of the Badgers, who were just proven road warriors, uh, just continuously winning away from Madison and against quality tournament-level competition, but the brilliance of Johnny Davis. And, you know, Davis last night uh, once again hit the 30-point mark, which he has done uh, a a couple of times this season. And he just steps up when the spotlight is brightest. You know, he had the 30 at IU last night uh, at Michigan State and another road win. He had 25 points uh, and a loss to Illinois. He still put up 22 I mean, the guy, the guy is just putting up crooked number after crooked number. Uh, right now, number nine, according to KenPalm.com, uh, a player of the year ranks. But I was looking at the Wooden Award odds, and Johnny Davis, I think, is still a pretty damn good value. So he's got the fourth best odds on the board. Uh, the runaway candidate right now is Oscar Shibway. Him and his Kentucky Wildcats got their clocks clean last night. In Knoxville by the Tennessee Volunteers. Uh, he's at minus 140. Ochai Agbaji from Kansas is number two at six to one. Keegan Murray at Iowa, who's putting up just dumb numbers at 10 to one. And then there's Johnny Davis at 12 to one. And I tell you what, man, with Wisconsin just continue to defy expectations and luck rating and all that stuff and winning on the road, they got nine quadrant one wins and they're seven and two away from Madison, Davis has to be in that conversation. Guy that was off the radar before the season began. It's just unreal, the breakout year that he has had for Bucky. Uh, it's been a really impressive year, but you're right. It also correlates with the fact that Wisconsin has been has been playing, um, you know, you, you can talk about luck factor, all that, but y- this was – uh, it was a really impressive performance yesterday. I, I, you're going to take a long shot on somebody. This is this isn't so bad. I mean, I I think that look. I think Ochai Obaji. I, I I don't know. I just I, I think he excites people. I don't think he's going to take the trophy. I think it's either going to be front runner or we're going to see somebody come out of nowhere here in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean, Shibway again at minus 140 is a clear cut front runner. But yes. you know, we still got you know a little bit less than a month to go to Selection Sunday, so anything could break any number of ways. If Kentucky starts to slump, uh, maybe he falls out of favor with some of the voters, and if Wisconsin continues to surge, and they're right there in the hunt for a Big Ten regular season title, it could be the Johnny Davis Award in the end. At 12-1, to just tossing it out there. With that, on this Hockey Hump Day edition, let's get to it. One another, Fade 5. Number five. All right, Lundy, let's go and recap your night in the NHL. Hopefully it was a profitable one. Let's drop the puck and make some bucks. Uh, after all, again, it is a hockey hump day here on Fade the Noise. 
Brad, it was a, a kind of a mixed night. Now, first of all, my my featured pick in the Fade Five did hit. We got the St. Louis Blues on the puck line minus the one and a half. However, my three-leg money line that we had in bonus time, Colorado's home point streak finally came to an end last night. They had gone 19 straight games across their schedule uh, without losing in regulation. They were 17-0-2, but the Dallas Stars finally got the best of them uh, last night, and so Colorado lost. They now have to turn around and go on the road, uh, and they will take on the Vegas Golden Knights this evening. Uh, but, you know, I, yesterday is in the rearview mirror, thank God, because some of my other picks were really, really <laughs> bad. Um, and so we are going to look at the schedule tonight, and let's talk about Minnesota and Winnipeg. Minnesota will be on the road to take on the Jets, and in this one, I'm going to roll with Minnesota um, on the money line. Now, these two teams played Last week, Winnipeg won two nothing. But since then, the Wild have actually gone two and zero since that one, and, and Winnipeg has managed to go one one and one. So they're playing kind of mediocre. Um, but Minnesota, in those two wins, has scored ten goals. So mm. they clearly have the momentum going right now. They're only a minus one forty um, on the money line. I would have expected this one to be maybe up towards one sixty one sixty five. So I think you're getting some good value here, even though it's juiced up a little bit. I'll take the road team. Let's see Minnesota get wild at winnipeg oh wager on the wild number four all right let's move on to the nba uh yeah up and down night for your boy uh tyrese halliburton which i didn't feature on this show but we just i I think funston brandon funston who i do uh the faded always radio show on sirius xm's fantasy channel every monday through friday 2 to 4 p.m eastern he bet on everything halliburton last night and everything hit i love that guy he's just a cash cow uh, yes, he so, is. Yeah, we, we need to be back at the pacer uh, henceforth the rest of season. But anyway, let's go another uh, stat sheet stuffer, and let's go to DeJounte Murray of the San Antonio Spurs. And I'm going to take the over, Lundy, on a kind of an obscure category. Two and a half, steals plus blocks on that over. Uh, it's plus 110, gets seduced by the juice at DraftKings. Uh, San Antonio traveling to OKC to take on the Thunder. Now, Murray has been over this two-and-a-half proposed steals plus blocks line in five of his last nine games, and he's faced the Thunder twice already this season. He had to combine three in the first matchup, uh, and actually was four in the first matchup in November, and then in the second matchup, a combined three. So he's already done this twice against OKC this uh, season. And then the paper matchup is glorious, as Oklahoma City has allowed the second-most blocks per game in the NBA, and the fourth most steals allowed per game as well. So, divine matchup, uh, nice little history there, recency bias, everything points to this cashing at plus odds. So, again, fade or follow DeJounte Murray. Got to spread a little Dijon on your, or DeJounte on your sandwich on the over two and a half steals plus blocks, plus 110 at DraftKings. Yeah, I'm actually all over this one. I like hustle stats, man. I, I, I always have. I, I like betting on hustle stats. I like betting on rebounds. I like betting on steals and blocks um, because sometimes you can get a guy like Javante, uh, Dejounte, easy for me to say, Dejounte <laughs> Murray 
Um, and, and he is. He's a hustle guy. Um, and so I like these kinds of stats for somebody like him. And oh, oh, oh the thunder. Um, it's not really it's not really thunder. Uh, it's 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 more of just kind of like rattling a sheet of paper. Brad. It's, it's a whimper. Yes, yes it, it really is. Uh, when it comes to them and their um, generosity in the opponent stat column, especially, as you just said, with blocks and steals, I have picked on Oklahoma City uh, a number of times uh, in Western Conference matchups for stuff like this. These kinds of stats rebounds as well as another one you can pick on them for. Um, and so this one, love it. Plus two and a half. Take it all day. One of my favorite props for the night. Make some moolah with Murray. Number three. All right, let's head out west uh, here in the midweek. And you know, usually this is when the West Coast Conference ratchets up. Pac-12 action as well. Wednesday, Thursday. If you like burning the midnight oil, uh, there's action aplenty. And uh, the number one team in the country uh, will be taking the floor tonight on the road against Pepperdine. And I am going to go with the Zags on the over. And this seems like an insane number, but it really isn't. 95.5 team total points as juiced up at DraftKings at minus 125, but I'm going to squeeze every last drop. Uh, Lundy, I don't know if you recall, but that historic run that the Zags were on in early January, Pepperdine was sandwiched right there in the middle. They hung 117 on the waves, and I I think they are going to go out there and hang another 100 on them because the way that Pepperdine plays, which is up-tempo, they are number 48 in the country, and adjusted tempo combined with the fact that they don't play any kind of defense number 265 in the nation and adjusted defensive efficiency on this season is the perfect formula for success for Gonzaga, who, by the way, is setting 1.237 points per possession in West Coast Conference action, who, by the way, is shooting 43.2% from way downtown in conference play, who, by the way, is also splashing the nets at a clip of 61.6% inside the arc against WCC foes. It's a perfect storm that's gathering right now uh, in Malibu, and I think ultimately Gonzaga goes out there and hits triple figures. So fade or follow, the Bulldogs going to pack a lot of bite tonight. Over 95.5 team total points against Pepperdine. Minus 125 at DraftKings. I I think they're going to tuck just underneath oh. the century mark. Oh. No, no, oh, just okay. underneath the century okay. mark. Okay. I think they're going to sandwich right about 98. I don't know that they're going to hit 100 again, um, but I think they're going to finish right at about 98, maybe 97. So I like this over, but, oh, Brad, I, I legit think this is going to be a sweat. I, I be- oh, you know, it will be. <laughs> Gonzaga is going to kick them uh, uh, where it counts, but – I'm I don't think I mean, I don't think they're going 117 like they did back on January 8th. But if you go back to, let's see, last season when they played at Pepperdine, they dropped 97 on them, mm-hmm. uh, won that one by 22. So I, I could see it being a repeat of what we saw last year when they played on the road uh, uh, against them. I, I, I'll take it. I'm going to take the over. But, man, uh, somebody better be making some damn free throws or maybe a, a couple of garbage time buckets late to make sure that we're cashing this ticket. It's going to come down to the bench players. Because, you know, they're favored by 30 and a half now after an opening line of 29 and a half. So whenever Mark Few decides to unplug the starters and start trotting out a whole lot of Nolan Hickman off the bench, Hunter Salas and some of these other ancillary players, that's going to be the key. You know, can they step in 
and provide some meaningful minutes and, and get some garbage time buckets. Otherwise, we're screwed. <laughs> I, I love these bets, and I will be sweating it out. Uh, it'll be high entertainment, no doubt. Start and very much to finish there in Malibu. Stick around for my top picks in college basketball plus bonus time in the NBA, the NHL, and naturally, more college hoops. Number two. All right, Lenny, let's get back after it here. Let's go to the Big East. Uh, he had one of the marquee matchups last night. I don't know if you watched the Villanova-Providence game, but it delivered. Oh, it was outstanding. From It was just an, a, a sensational night of hoops across the board. So many tight games. So many epic collapses in the final minutes. Colin Gillespie was money in the bank undressing dudes at the end of that game and just plunging daggers the heart of the Friars fans. But the dunk was rocking. Uh, nothing to be ashamed of, Providence. A Villanova team is just damn good, and you've had a hell of a year. You're still a 21-3. and three. But anyway, let's go back to the Big East. And I'm going to take the Johnnies. Plus eight on the road against Xavier. And I don't know how much St. John's basketball you watch, but Mike Anderson, it's chaos. It's chaos over 40 minutes. It is up and down. Guys are jacking absurd shots. They're getting after it on the offensive glass. They're defending. They're trying to coax turnovers. It's pure madness. And I, I, I get in, you know sucked in. I'm enthralled by it every time I watch St. John's because it's just a train wreck, car wreck that you can't turn your head away from. So, I think the Johnnies cover against Xavier, which is going to be, you know, an up-tempo, zip-zip-zip kind of game. And you look at Xavier uh, at home this season, giving up to 0.913 points per possession. Uh, so they've been very stout defensively uh, within the uh, Cintas Center. But the Johnnies on the road netting an impressive 1.125 points per possession. It's number 25 in all of college basketball. They're generating a second-chance opportunity on 35% of their possessions. And, again, it's all about tempo, man. Number three in the nation in adjusted tempo. So they are indeed one of the fastest squads that's out there. This is too many points. Xavier's going to win this game, but I think they win by, like, five or six going away and it you know the Johnnies could be down double figures with two minutes to go and you're thinking uh, on the Xavier side oh I'm gonna cash a ticket if I'm back back in the Muskies you might want to think again this will go down to the final seconds because there are going to be that many possessions in this uh, in this game overall so Lundy fade or follow St. John's plus eight in Cincinnati at Xavier minus 110 at DraftKings not going to lie, I'd rather alt-line this with something else and make it into a two-legger. But as it stands, Xavier, Xavier in their last seven home games, Brad, has only covered once. They're 1-6 and six ATS wow. uh, in their last seven at home. So uh, I'm going to roll with St. John's, uh, knowing that Xavier has had a hard time covering spreads, uh, even when they've got the advantage at home. But I will say this is one where I might be a little bit more comfortable bumping it up to – I don't know, buy myself another two points maybe, put it at 10.5 and, and then pair it up with something else. Um, but as it stands right now and because of how you formatted this damn podcast, uh, <laughs> I will I will follow with this one. But like I said, I'd rather pair it with something else uh, and make it into an alt line. But I, Xavier's struggling to cover, so I'll roll with St. John's. Well, I actually did this already, Lundy. Alt lining? So I've oh. got on the standard spread, and then I did a two-leg alt line. I bumped the Johnnies up to 11.5. And I paired it with Seton Hall, who's on the road at UConn at plus 10. And oh, that I game, like that a lot. Yeah, and that's plus 111 at DraftKings. So there you go. That's your, your dance Boom. partner are the Pirates. 
Like it. Like it. I was already looking at the Seton Hall game, so you just you just did my homework for me. Thanks. Appreciate it. Just like back in school. Yeah, exactly. A copy off my paper, please. Number one. All right, my top pick of the world of college basketball. Let's go inside one of the lamest named venues in, in the entire sport. The United Supermarkets Arena, which is located in Lubbock, Texas. And that is the home location of none other than the Texas Tech Red Raiders. I said, God's up! God's up! Pew, pew, pew! Uh, this is a smash spot for Texas Tech, taking on Baylor. And I'm going to lay the one and a half currently at BetMGM at minus 110. No Jonathan Chamu Chachua. Say that 10 times fast. Uh, for the Baylor Bears, he underwent uh, microscopic uh, surgery on his knee. Uh, so he is done for the season, Lundy, after un- undergoing the knife. Uh, that is a huge blow, this interior, for uh, a pretty thin front court. Now, you know, the onus is going to fall on Flo Thamba as a result, who did play well last time out. Uh, we'll see if LJ Cryer can return action. He's missed extensive time due to injury here these uh, last couple of weeks. So, uh, you know, Baylor likely down two guys, for sure going to be down one. And this is the first game that they have really played without JTT, Everyday John, on the floor. And Texas Tech, uh, they are money at home, man unblemished on the season 15 and 0 and at home this year number 11 in the country in adjusted offensive efficiency number 12 in adjusted defensive efficiency so they're one of the most balanced teams in the country playing within their own friendly confines uh they're netting 58.9 percent uh, from two in home contests and getting a second chance opportunity on 39.1 percent of their possessions uh baylor uh, number eight in the Big 12 and two-point percentage defense. And again, that's with JTT on the floor for much of the season. So Bryson Williams, Santos Silva, uh, I think those guys could do Terrence Shannon, do a lot of that dirty work inside for a team that loves to get downhill. Uh, they play unafraid. They absorb contact. They beat you at the line. And God, they defend their asses off. So I think Texas Tech, minus one and a half. Dude, they could blow out Baylor tonight. The, the defending national champion. So, strongest bet on the board, fade or follow, the Red Raiders minus a point and a half at home against Baylor minus 110 at BetMGM. I like this one a lot. This is a lot just kind of a gut thing. I mean, first of all, yeah, could you get a better name? I mean, I appreciate that you sold the naming <laughs> rights, and, you you know, you probably got some cash there. You're getting a chance to fill up the ac- the athletic coffers. But, I mean, come on. United, United Supermarkets. supermarkets? Yeah. I mean, come on. It, Cold cuts be, for everybody. Please tell me they do some fun stuff at halftime, like put drunk students in shopping carts and have them race <laughs> around the court or something like that. Please tell me that that's what they're doing there in Lubbock. Um, no, I'll, I'll roll with this one. I like tech. Um, I, you know, I, I, I really think that beatdown that they managed to do in that highly anticipated game against UT, I think they're just continuing to build off of that. I really do. Well, they feed good off that energy of the crowd, man, and it is a rowdy environment there. It, it really is, which is part of what I think is going to be interesting when we get to postseason time, Brad, yeah. because obviously you don't have that, right? Yeah. You're, in a, you're in a neutral environment. So I'll be really curious to see how they do. But at least for now, we know that they're going to feed off of that um, energy. Like I said, getting drunk shopping cart races in the parking lot, whatever. Uh, be safe, boys and girls. Be yeah, safe. Yeah, I think uh, – or they could do, like, slingshot of French bread loaves into the stands. Like, I, oh, yeah. I would be down with that. I'm, a, I'm all right with that. I'm all right with that. So, yeah, I'll roll with you on Texas Tech. Let's do it. All right, and let's roll into bonus time. What else you got on this hockey hump day, amigo? 
Uh, I got one more hockey for you and an NBA, as a matter of oh, fact. Let's take right. Carolina. Uh, Carolina and Florida will battle uh, in NHL tonight. This one taking place at Carolina. I'm going to lean towards uh, the home team in this one. In part, these are both really good teams. Um, Florida obviously came out on fire this season. They continue to play really well. Their record is 32-10-5. and um, But Carolina right behind them at 32-11-3. Um, so these two teams, this is of the early games uh, tonight and, and arguably across the entire schedule. It's not a very deep schedule. This is the game of the night in the NHL between Florida and Carolina. But Florida has not played since February 1st. Wow. Um, they have not played in 15 days. Um, and I think Carolina is going to be able to take advantage of that. Florida's a good team. These are both obviously strong teams in the postseason. You can make an argument for either one of these teams to actually make it all the way to the Stanley Cup final and represent the East. Um, but in this particular spot, I think the fact that Florida has been off now for over two weeks um, since prior to the All-Star break is going to work in Carolina's favor and the fact that they're at home. This one's nationally televised. It's the first game uh, of the night on TNT. Uh, and so I'm going to lean towards the home team with Carolina. And then the uh, Denver Nuggets will travel to the Bay Area to take on the Golden State Warriors. Give me the over uh, in the total of that game, which sits at 224. In the last four uh, games, Golden State has given up a minimum of 111 points uh, to their opponent. No Draymond Green is being felt uh, in the fact that they have become forgiving on the scoreboard to their opponent. And we know Denver, and in particular Nikola Jokic, can score. Um, and so I, I fully expect, I don't think Denver's going to win this game on the road, but I think Denver's going to probably drop 112 to 114 on the scoreboard. And if I believe that, uh, and I believe that Golden State uh, can be able to best them, then the 224 and a half isn't enough. So I'm taking the over uh, on the total in that one. All right, as I'm going to stick with that game. I'm actually going to take the under on the Joker, Nikola Jokic, 22 and a half. Uh, a rebounds plus assists, Lundy. Uh, and, and the reason being, he's been under this in five of his last six. Now, I know he went over the you know, prior matchup against Golden State, uh, but Golden State, third fewest assists per game, 10th fewest rebounds per game. Yeah, no Draymond Green. I just think this is a little too rich. I think it's, you know, Captain Hooker coming to play, yar, uh, on 22 or it's 20 or 21. He's going to be right there, but I don't think he gets a 23 in combined Oh, I could, I could totally see him go 12 and 7. Yeah. Um, right. I, I mean, I mean that's that... kind of what he's done here of late. Yeah, yeah. I, watching his patterns, and again, because of my TV show, because of You Bet Tonight, we talk about the Nuggets a lot. And he he has been, obviously, the, the hands-down leader for this team. Everything runs through him. But he has seen those two totals, Brad. Uh, I, 19, if he did 19 combined, it would not surprise me at all tonight. All right. Uh, elsewhere for me, let's go back to college basketball. I'm taking Rutgers against my line. I plus four and a half. Uh, I think Illinois is going to win this game. But, man, Rutgers has been just money in the bank inside the rack. Uh, they have been stifling defensively. 0.920 points per possession allowed. 42.4% inside the arc. You know, Kofi Coburn's such a unique specimen. He's, you know, hard to handle. And that'll be a matchup problem for him. But, you know, Illinois' perimeter D is uh, really going to have to step up. And the three balls are going to have to fall if they're going to stab off. Uh, the upset bid by Rutgers, who is rolling and has a ton of confidence. Plus, they've been knocking off, you know, Purdue, Michigan State, a ton of formidable foes at home this season. And four and a half is just too many points. Uh, elsewhere for me, I love North Carolina minus 14 against Pitt. 
Pitt that drags the cake right now in the ACC. North Carolina rolls at home, 1.149 points per possession scored. Uh, they're shooting 41.1% inside the Dean Dome from outside. And Pittsburgh has lost by 18.3 points uh, in the ACC on an average margin of defeat. So uh, I think North Carolina is ultimately going to prevail there and cruise to an easy victory in the end. And let me give you one more team total I love. Give me Marquette. Yeah, the fighting Shaka Smarts over 82.5 points against Georgetown. It's the perfect pairing of up-tempo and an electric offense, uh, one that's shooting 39% from outside. Georgetown, one of the fastest teams in the country, number 28 in adjusted tempo. Marquette loves to run, too, number 48 in adjusted tempo. Uh, Hoyas dead last in four critical defensive categories in the Big East. And you look at some of the uh, you know metric sites out there. Kim Palm's got this at 85. Bartorvik at 88. Hasla metrics at 87. So really good line value at 82.5 for the Golden Eagles over uh, against Georgetown. And that is a wrap on this edition of the Feed the Noise podcast. Uh, please follow Lundy on Twitter, at Nate Lundy. Follow me there, at Noisy Huevos. Drop us a rating and a review if you enjoy this podcast. Helps us out tremendously. And as always, until next time, feed or follow. That is up to you. Feed the Noise.